And now it's time for Dave's Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle Tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. But he understands its place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. So come along and take a listen to Dave's thoughts about the Walt Disney World Resorts and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, I know that recently I haven't had a lot of uh, unique podcasts, haven't been doing a whole lot. I've done a couple of double podcasts, and most recently I was talking in podcast 198-199 about the uh, Fast Pass Plus and My Magic. Well, I do have a big podcast planned for number 200, but I happen to be up at the Disney Resort, kind of in between the podcasts, and I wanted to add in some more thoughts about Fast Pass Plus and My Magic. So since it's my podcast and my rules, I'm going to call this podcast number 199A, and uh, we'll go with it kind of continuing the thought. You may recall that at some point I had a friend who came down to the Walt Disney World Resort, and he brought his daughter, and he was looking at evaluating whether the Disney Resort was going to be good enough for his son who's autistic. And uh, he actually brought him down last year, and I didn't have a chance to catch up with him on that trip. There was other things going on. But I did have a chance to catch up with him on this trip and learned a little bit about how the disability uh, assistance pass and how the um, My Magic works for him and all of those things in Fast Pass Plus. So I wanted to share with you some of that. In addition, I had my own experience I wanted to share with you uh, because I decided to come up and stay at one of the value resorts. I got a great rate at a value resort and I couldn't pass on it, so I decided to go ahead and stay there. So staying at the value resort, I actually logged into the Disney website using my login that I have for my annual pass and uh, all the other things that I've done. And so it recognized me, and then it said, hey, you're getting this value resort. That's great. Um, We're going to send you a magic band. Now, you may realize I already have an annual pass, and I already have a magic band. And I'm like, why are they sending me another magic band? But they did. And uh, I was kind of curious how that would all work out. So when I went to the park, I found out that both of the magic bands work for entrance, Fast Pass Plus, and everything. It's kind of cool, so I can switch back and forth between the two of them. In fact, I did while I was in the parks. I used one for entrance, one for Fast Pass Plus. It didn't matter. They were both tied to my account. So it's actually kind of cool that I was able to kind of put it together and use both that way. Makes it kind of neat that I was able to, uh, able to switch back and forth. And, of course, my uh, card, the RFID card uh, that I have uh, for my annual pass, also worked, and I could use that to get into the parks. So I have three methods of getting in the park. Also, the, uh, the new Magic Band uh, worked to uh, get me into my hotel room, which is kind of cool. The old one also worked to get me in the hotel room, which was kind of freaky, but it's kind of cool how the whole thing fits together, and I can actually use it in ways that make sense to me. So I have two Magic Bands and the uh, card and whatever, and I have them all there. Now, the thing about booking the trip through the uh, Disney website was they built the hype. They really built an interest and talked to me and kind of came to me and made it kind of fun to think about planning my Disney vacation. They came up with all these different things they suggested for my vacation. They kept sending me emails. They were talking to me about all the different things that were coming up, you know, kind of building the hype a little bit. And I have to admit, even though I was just coming up for like essentially a day trip and just spending the one night in the hotel, it was really kind of fun to build up to it and have a little fun learning about it and kind of getting some stuff. 
They also sent me the uh, vacation planning video, which is on a, a memory stick. And I thought that was kind of neat. It came in the mail. It was unexpected. I didn't expect to get that, but I did. And uh, it was kind of neat just to get it. You know, it has the, you know, all the information in there about staying at your uh, Walt Disney World vacation. Now, of course, this isn't really a vacation of a sort. It's, uh, it was a learning experience in a way. So it was kind of neat to be able to learn that. Now, as far as booking FastPass Pluses, I went online and um, my friends had booked their FastPass Pluses. Uh, and I'll tell you more about how they did that. And then they sent me all their information. And I used it to book my fast passes. Now, we didn't link them together. I just went ahead and booked other fast pass experiences that were similar to theirs. Now, on one day, I was actually going to a different park uh, for a short period of time and just wanted to ride Toy Story Midway Mania. So I actually uh, got the Fast Pass Plus to do that. And it required me to book all three Fast Pass Pluses. So I had to book two other things that I really wasn't going to use and uh, put those in my portfolio. And then later, I was able to go in and cancel those. And that worked out pretty well. It was actually pretty easy to cancel them. It was just kind of a strange experience to have to kind of go back and do the cancellation, but it really wasn't hard at all. Then I looked at their reservations, and I booked my other fast passes uh, to be able to have the same times as they did on the attractions that they wanted. Um, so that worked out really well. Now, as far as them booking them, using the, uh, the fact that their son is autistic, and, you know, every child is different. Every individual is different. So not, there's no one-size-fits-all for everybody. In his case, he's able to stand in short lines as long as he's entertained and he has something to do. And uh, he's able to uh, handle some of the experiences and some things. Uh, dark rides don't seem to bother him. In fact, he likes some things more than others. Now, you may hear in the background, that's the electric water pageant that's uh, going past me. I'm standing at the Contemporary Resort Hotel, and uh, you may hear that going on in the background. Anyway, my, uh, my friend's son, he's able to handle a lot of different things and able to enjoy a lot of different experiences. So it really was no problem for him to do some of the experiences and indoor rides and, you know, dark rides and things like that. I know some kids have trouble. In fact, they said he loved Mission Space. He just loved it. And he loved Soren and he loved Dumbo. So, you know, you never know what each child or each individual will want to do and the things that they'll like. So what they did was they went online and they, uh, they started to book their FastPass Plus experiences that way. So they had a, a layout for some of the things that they wanted to do. And they started with the FastPass Pluses online. And it made it very easy to start the process of actually booking your fast passes. Now, they adjusted some of the fast passes online, um, and they also made some phone calls to try and adjust some of the other fast passes to make them more effective for them so that they would have the times closer together and have things staged out in different locations. Of course, they asked me for my advice on some of the things that they should see in which order, but they also used their best judgment based on the, the, where they were going to be in the park to uh, be able to experience the most. Now, the other thing was, after they booked all of these, they also called and made some advanced dining reservations to make sure that they matched up with some of the times. Now, the thing about it was, they had to stay fluid. Their son has a limited tolerance for certain things, so they had to stay fluid and change some of them as they went through. Now, rather than going to a kiosk, or rather than going on an app and doing it, or something like that, they actually went to guest services and worked with guest services to make the adjustments. And it actually worked really well for them because they were able to make adjustments to both the dining and to the uh, actual FastPass Pluses so that they had the right experiences in the right places. They also picked out some of the things that they thought he would like to do in, so, in terms of some of the shows and other things. So they had those all planned out and staged out, and they knew where they wanted to go with some of those things. And it made it easier uh, so they would uh, be able to do some of the experiences and have them all mapped out. They had them in the My Disney Experience app, so they were able to go through and make the changes to them and look at them and say, okay, at 3 o'clock there's the parade, or at 7 o'clock there's the parade. 
and they were able to step out and do that. And of course, there's the hidden surprises that they were able to see, like a couple of times when their son uh, stepped outside and they had the surprise in the streets parade going on, and he just walked out and he saw it and he started dancing. And they were thrilled by that. And there was a couple of cast members who engaged him and gave him high fives, and he really got interested in things. And it was very cool to see, um, because he has different experiences with different things. So the Fast Pass Plus for them worked in that way, and they were able to use the Disability Assistance Pass to their advantage in that sense, where they were able to go and make adjustments to the Fast Pass Pluses at guest services to accommodate his needs. Now, as I said, I made some of my Fast Pass Pluses on, online before I came. I wasn't linked with them, so what I actually did was I went through and I was going through the app and adjusting my Fast Pass Pluses to match their times. And for the most part, I was able to do it pretty easily. Uh, there was a couple of times when I had to pick a time that was within a range of something that they had. So, you know, maybe in 20 minutes off from the range that they had. But it worked out okay. And, you know, we were able to go on the things we wanted to go on. And it continued to be fluid throughout the day. There would be things that we wouldn't do or we would do. And it really is an experience to do it this way um, as opposed to the way I normally go through the park. And I just kind of walk from one place to the other and I go, oh, I'm going to do this, right? I'm going to do that. And I kind of book things kind of in real time. And sometimes I just walk through the standby lines. So it really was kind of interesting to be able to do that and uh, experience it in a different way and to see how they put it together and how that worked for them. Now, one more detail about FastPass Plus and the Disability Assistance Pass that I wanted to share. You can actually use the two in conjunction. So if you're, as you're using the FastPass Plus system, you get your three FastPass Pluses that you can use. But you can also use the Disability Assistance Pass to walk up to a specific FastPass return location at any one of the theme parks and ask if they have any times available to use the Disability Assistance Pass. Now what they do is they actually have, uh, I think it's five of them they give you on the card and they write it in there what the return time is and once you've used up the five, you're out. So you have a total of eight essentially that you can use. And it's for you and your party. They write how many are in the party on the cards so that when you go off you can uh, come back with the people that are in your party. And it actually does help tremendously because the wait times are kind of long in some cases. Uh, and for people that have special needs, it is kind of challenging and vexing for them to stand in line. So it actually does help to have a couple of additional FastPass Pluses available to them so they can come back at some time. Now what happens at the actual attraction is they have some times that they've set aside to be able to use. And it works out pretty well that they're able to hold those times back that they can write them in there for somebody to be able to come back and uh, use it using the Disability Assistance Pass. So it really is kind of helpful and uh, it does make it a little bit easier. It kind of extends the ease of use of it a little bit just to make it that much better for the uh, people that have the disabilities and need to use it. So the story doesn't quite end there. Along the way I was getting all these different uh, experiences and emails from Disney and at one point they asked me would you like to do online check-in for your hotel and I said sure that sounds great and I did the online check-in and uh, then it said okay you'll get a you'll get a text when your uh, room is ready. Great sounds good. I actually got in a little bit earlier. They said, about what time are you going to arrive? I said, 1 o'clock. They said, fine. I went uh, to the hotel around 1 o'clock. I had gotten no text message. And I went to the hotel, and I talked to the, the desk clerk, and she goes, yeah, your room is ready. And I went, that's interesting. I didn't get the, uh, the, the text message to tell me that it was ready. One minor detail didn't really bother me too much, but it was kind of neat to think that I was going to get a text to tell me that my room was ready. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm like, oh, it's going to tell me when my room is ready. How, how cool is that? And it really was pretty neat the way it all kind of played out uh, because it really did build the hype to a large degree. And I was really kind of excited about my trip because they were kept telling me about different things that were happening and the experiences and what I was going to see and what I was going to do and reminding me about my Fast Pass Pluses. And I kept getting email after email and other things and, and just letting me know what was going on. 
so it actually worked out pretty well. FastPass Plus was a great addition to this trip. Um, there was one occasion where fa the FastPass Plus line was kind of long and was actually longer than the standby line. Um, and when I went over to Toy Story Midway Mania to ride the attraction, there was a large group of people that were in the standby line that were actually outside the building because the uh, line had grown so long. But they were accommodating, and they got us in pretty quickly. And I talked to one of the cast members there, and he said, yeah, something happened. There was a glitch because it just gave too many fast passes out for the same time. And there was a couple of large tour groups that came in that were using a bunch of them. So it made it really difficult to, uh, to accommodate everyone to come in. But that's okay. You know, that's not, that's not the end of the world. It's, you know, that, again, it's tweaking and getting better. And I think this, the whole system at this point is getting better. I think everything about it is getting better. Um, I'm impressed with the way the system is working, how it's kind of coming together. It doesn't feel as disjointed as it did uh, at some point, you know, uh, maybe a couple of months ago or um, when it first rolled out because that was, you know, it was being tweaked. And that's what I tell people all the time when they ask me the question, hey, how is FastPass Plus? I go, you know, it's being tweaked. It's kind of growing and changing. And it's not as simple as just saying, hey, it's this because it's not. It's much more than that. It's really growing into something that's, uh, that's a much better system. Now, in addition uh, to riding the Toy Story Midway Mania, one of the other things I did on this trip was I wanted to see Baymax. I loved the movie Big Hero 6. I thought it was tremendous. I mean, it's sad that uh, um, Hero's brother dies, and, you know, that's really a sad part of the film. But other than that, the film is tremendous. It's got all the hallmarks of great anime and great uh, Japanese uh, animation. And uh, it's got some Disney things in it, Disney touches to it, that make it really neat. And if you haven't seen the movie, I won't spoil it for you, other than having told you what I just told you. But it's really pretty clever, and it's, it's well thought out, and uh, it's, it comes together well, and it's really good. And the character of Baymax is tremendous. He's fun. He's a really neat character, and he's, uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. And um, they have Baymax come out, and uh, Hero comes out and meets you. And Baymax is really cool. He's this big, fluffy, marshmallowy guy. And he uh, stands with you, and he blinks his eyes and whatever. And then if you ask him to fist bump, he does the fist bump that he does in the movie. It's cool. I mean, it's very, very clever um, what they do there. And uh, it was well worth seeing, and I don't know how long it's going to be there. It's, it's at the uh, Animation Studios, uh, back where you, see, you meet the uh, characters back behind the Animation Studios. And it's well worth seeing. And if you get a chance to see it, I highly recommend it. It was really, really cool. So let's see, what else can I tell you about uh, FastPass Plus and my magic? The whole system seems to be coming together. I'm totally thinking this is a, a good system. There's, a, you know, there's still a world of opportunities with the system, and you, know, you look around and you realize everything's changed. It's just evolved completely into something else other than what it was. You look around and you realize you know, the whole park has changed. The park capacity is different. The number of people that come in the park at different times is different. Everything about it is different in some way than it was, say, a year ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. I mean, it's a completely different park than when I uh, was a cast member here. Though it's the same park. I mean, every, you know, the attractions are the same, the shows are mostly the same, but it's a completely different experience. And I think that's really what Disney is striving for, is to make it a more compelling experience so people really can enjoy themselves. There's still a op great opportunity for people who are locals. There's still a great opportunity for people who are annual pass holders. But it's not just about that. It's about the whole experience for everyone. And everyone can enjoy it at the level that they like. So you can book experiences and Fast Pass Pluses and whatever up to the uh, limit of what you've got, and then you can book more afterward. And that's great. It still gives you a tremendous opportunity to go out and enjoy it and experience it and do some different things and try it out for yourself and see how it kind of works out. 
you don't have to book any FastPass Pluses in advance. In fact, I was able to book a couple of FastPass Pluses the same day. It really wasn't a big deal. It was pretty easy to just add a couple of FastPasses throughout the day as I was going through as we were tweaking our day. It really wasn't hard at all. I was just going in the app as long as I was staying within the three. I was changing times, changing the experience. After those three, I had to go to a kiosk. But there are more kiosks than you can count. And because so many people are using their phones, a lot of the kiosks are not being used. Um, not a lot, anyway. For a period of time, there was always a line at the kiosks. I didn't notice a lot of lines at the kiosks. There were some, no question about it. But if you pick locations, there's so many locations around the park. And if you pick a location that's a little bit off the beaten path or further back from in the park, you'll find some great opportunities to be able to book some of these Fast Pass Pluses at a kiosk without having to wait a long time. So it's actually pretty neat. And it actually is, is kind of cool, and it's coming together. And uh, I think it's all it's all working out. So at the end of the day... My experience with FastPass Plus continues to grow in a positive way. I wasn't sure it was going to do that, but it has continued to grow. And uh, I think the Disability Assistance Pass is fitting into the whole system pretty well. Uh, I wasn't sure where that was going to go, but as it continues to get tweaked, I'm actually thinking it's working. Now, there's still some things that could be done better, and I suspect that you know if you use it and you've seen it and you experienced it, you may have some different experiences. Like I said, everybody's an individual. I can't say one size fits all, but in general, it seems like it's coming together and it's going to uh, fit together better. So in a future podcast, I'm going to have to bring on an expert in the whole disability assistance pass to talk about people with special needs and coming through the parks and see how it all kind of fits together. It's, you know, everybody's an individual, but I think there's a common theme there that there's an opportunity to have people use it and have a good experience with it. And with the interactive cues they've got now in a lot of these attractions, some of the cues aren't so bad anymore because you have something to do to keep you occupied. And you can do different things and have a little fun as you're standing there in line. It's not just about standing in line and doing nothing, right? You don't just stand there and go, okay, what next? And everybody has their phone out. That's the thing. Everybody's got a phone. You're watching people going through the parks. I was sitting there, I was tweeting out pictures and things as I was going through the parks. And yet, here was everybody else doing the same thing. Even the, even the parade they have, the surprise parade during the day, they have uh, a hashtag that they give you and you're tweeting out your photo, and then they pick up some of those hashtags and they show them on the parade float as it's going by. It's like, that's very cool. That's using technology to its advantage. Uh, and I think that's a really neat thing that they're doing, and I think there's more of that happening and more things going on. And, you know, the magic band gets all tied together. One other thing I wanted to talk about uh, kind of briefly here, and that's the, um, the idea of the memory maker. And that's what the memory maker is, in short, is the ability to pre-purchase all of the photos that you take throughout your entire vacation and uh, get them on a DVD so you can print as many or as few as you want of them. So when you go around through the parks and you uh, see a fo- uh, photo pass photographer, you basically just um, move your wristband up to their, uh, their reader and it recognizes who you are and then it just adds any pictures that they take to your account. So that way when you get home, you can just get the whole DVD of all the pictures, and you can have them all to do whatever you want with. And it's really an easy way to be able to manage all of your pictures and uh, keep track of them all and, and hold on to them. Now, there's a set price for it, and I think the price is actually a little bit in flux right now. It varies a little bit, but, you know, it's a reasonable price considering you get all of the pictures that are taken. And if you're here for a week or 10 days or something, it's probably worthwhile to do that. Your other choice is to go a la carte, and you could basically just walk up to any PhotoPass photographer anywhere you see them and just ask them to take a picture, and then you scan your your, um, wristband the same way, 
And then at the end of your trip, you can decide to, to purchase as many or as few of the pictures as you want. That's up to you. And then it's entirely up to you how many of them you purchase. There's no uh, set limit on them, and uh, you can wind up purchasing them all. And if you do, you're going to spend more than you would have if you'd have bought the Memory Maker. Because Memory Maker also includes all of the photos from like uh, any of the rides that do photos. So say Splash Mountain or uh, you know Buzz Lightyear when they take a picture of you in the ride. All of those are included in the Memory Maker. So you know you think about what the value is of all of those pictures. And you get some great pictures for a great price. And you don't even have to worry about bringing a camera with you. Heard a story about someone who came down and brought their camera with them. And it was a disposable camera, an old disposable camera. And they were like... Where can I get 110 film? And I'm 110 film? Haven't seen 110 film in forever. Um, in fact, it's a specialty film now. You can still get 35 millimeter film fairly easily, but 110 film, specialty film, and you've got you've to send it out to be processed. Nobody can process it. So it's kind of pointless to do that. You can bring your iPad or your other device with you and take pictures or have someone snap a photo for you, and you've got some photos that way. But think about how easy it is to take the PhotoPass photographer and just have them take a picture for you. I think this is a very positive thing that Disney is doing. I think it's good that they're offering this opportunity for people to get their photos taken that way and have that group of photos that then they can share and they can use and they can enjoy. And they don't have to worry about um, taking a camera and they don't have to worry about what the cost is going to be of all the photos. You could have 100 or you could have 10 and it's a, it's a set price. So it, you know, think about it as a value for you. Is it, is it valuable to do that or are you better off doing something else? And once you decide, then you go the route you want to go. But I think it's actually a tremendously good thing. It's, I think it's got the right idea behind it. And I would uh, recommend it if you're thinking about taking a longer trip. And if you're not sure, it's probably worthwhile or look, worth looking into just a little bit more. So there you go. That's my take on all of the Fast Pass Plus, My Magic, the Disability Assistance Pass, the Memory Maker, the Photo Pass, everything else that's going on at Disney at the moment. One observation I'd like to make is just how much construction is going on over at the Walt Disney World Resort. It's amazing, astounding, maybe a little bit overwhelming. As you drive along some of the roads, you see a ton of construction happening, construction vehicles, things happening, mostly off to the side of the road or new roads being built, but it's amazing how much construction. Of course, there's all the construction going on at downtown Disney that's becoming Disney Springs. You've got the uh, conversion to Arendelle over at Epcot, the removal of the Sorcerer's Hat at the studios, and of course the hub construction at the Magic Kingdom. Now that one to me is the most vexing because it's hard enough to get around the hub as it is, and with the construction going on, it's almost impossible, and the parades kind of have to shift a little bit too, because it's just kind of a mess. Plus, they're doing construction over by the castle, and so you can't go around the right side if you're working up Main Street, the right side of the castle. You also can't go through the castle when there's a, par- when there's a show going on or a show about to start. So you're kind of stuck for having to go up the left side where there's really not that much room, and there's a smoking area there. It's really awkward. You can, of course, go around and go back toward Adventureland or, or back toward Frontierland and make your way around or go over toward Tomorrowland and make your way around that way. But it's interesting that you can't go right up Main Street and go through the castle and make it back to Fantasyland. Really kind of confusing and perhaps a little disorienting in a way. And one other thing I'd like to tell you about. So for years and years and years and years and years, I've been trying to defeat the Buzz Lightyear ride. I told you that my friend came with me one time, and he actually got the 999999 on the ride. And I was like, how did you do that? It was his first time ever riding it. We got lucky. The ride had stopped, and he was just pointed at the right angle and was just shooting away and found this target and was just hitting it again and again and again. So kudos to him. 
Well, this time on this trip, I actually hit the 999, and I hit it legitimately. The ride did not stop at any point. I was just going along, and I uh, was hitting some of the targets that I knew had more value. And suddenly, somewhere about halfway through, I actually got to the 999999. I was very excited. I'm a galactic hero. Yay! Anyway, I just wanted to share that because it really took some effort to get there. I'll have to put in my show notes page some of the things that I was hitting to let you know where some of the targets are for the next time you ride the Buzz Lightyear attraction. And uh, I will come back in a week or so with another great podcast that'll be number 200. And, and I think you'll enjoy it. I certainly hope you will. In any case, that is my podcast for this week. And I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. Now, please exit the moving podcast. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast. Kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head and step. If you have questions, thoughts, or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Show notes for this podcast can be found on disneyworldpodcast.net. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a Hidden Mickey's app and a pin trading app. 